Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. What's up guys? How are y'all today? Good. It's a beautiful day outside that we get to celebrate. It's a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. I'll say happy Memorial Day uh, coming up tomorrow. I, I know we said it earlier, but I want to say it again. It is awesome that we get to celebrate this, and it's a day we should celebrate to honor those that, that have passed to give us the freedom to worship God in this country the way we do. Because there's so many countries around the world that, don't, that, can't, that can't have church on Sundays. They have to hide in basements, or they, have to, or they have to tear pages out of the Bible and pass them along because it's illegal. We get, we get the opportunity to speak freely about our God and what he has done for us. And right now we're in a series called Redemption Culture. Um, I think it's an awesome series. It's, it's, I don't know if you, if you know this. Our enemy, his favorite way to, his favorite way to, to discourage us is through spiritual warfare. And the way he conducts his spiritual warfare today is through culture. It's cultural warfare right now, and the only way for us to fight back is to fight back with culture. So we have to have a culture of redemption because the enemy has a culture of cancellation. So today, this is what we're, this is what we're going to talk about. I'm going to pray real quick. God, thank you so much for allowing us to be here. Thank you for, for what you're going to do today, God. God, I pray that, you, that you, you speak through me, God. I allow you to speak through me, Lord, and that I say exactly what you have for me to say, God. No more, no less, God. You are an amazing God, and thank you again for giving us this opportunity. So I want to go ahead and start off. I want to set the tone of this message with uh, a scripture. It's John, it's John 13, uh, 34 through 35, um, real quick. It's, it, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It says love one another a whole lot there, right? When you love somebody, is it, is it, it's kind of hard to cancel them if you love them, right? And I mean, that's it, totally different than what you hear, the, you hear today around you all the time. So following that, I kind of want to go through a few quick um, definitions, basically, of, what, of, what, of redemption, cancellation, and culture is broken apart, and then we're going to co- combine it together and, and, actually, and actually see what that says together. Redemption is the act of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. Cancellation, it means to destroy the, to destroy the force, the effectiveness, or val- validity of to bring to nothingness, to destroy, to withdraw one's support from. Complete opposites, right? Absolutely different. Culture. Here's, the, here's, here's, the, here's what ties it all together when you get to it. A culture consists of the values, the beliefs, systems of language, communication, and practices that people share in common and that can be used to define them as a collective. So we have a, we have a choice here. Do we want to be defined as a collective that can, of cancellation or collective of redemption. I, for one, would rather choose the redemption side of that. So why even? Why, why should we even talk about redemption culture 
Honestly, it's because today the cancel culture is so prominent. It's so, it's so mainstream. In the past, you might not have noticed this, but it's always been present. It's all, all the way back to, the, to biblical times. Cancel culture was a thing, whether we realize it or not. And so I wanted to find cancel culture real quick. We're going to put those two, com- those two words together. It is the practice of writing off or canceling a person or people based off of an offense or a questionable action. At least one. I mean, it can be just one thing. It can be more things. It could be one thing. Which, honestly, that's one of the things that has gained popularity more and more mainstream over, over, the, past, over the past few years. You actually hear the terminology spoken on TV and on, on Instagram and on Facebook. On everything, on everything it's, it's pushed at you so hard. Cancel culture, what it does, it eliminates any opportunity for somebody to redeem themselves or to have redemption. It's taking it away from over, over something that might have been a blunder in their past that they're, that they're trying to move past and they can't get, get over with. It's, it's, it's measuring their worth and potential over a mistake, over a single issue, and limiting them to that issue. If that was the case, I would have been limited a long time ago. I would, I'm not qualified to stand here by, by the, that definition right here. Not a single person in this room would be qualified to stand here by that definition right here. Not a single one of us. None of us have lived an exactly perfect and righteous life from, day, from the day we entered this earth to the day we leave. There are days we mess up. There are days we make mistakes. But that doesn't define us because our God does not want that to define us. He has freely given us a gift of redemption in I mean, it's, it's crazy to think, because imagine, imagine if your life, past, present, future, was defined by the worst mistake you've ever made. Imagine if whenever somebody mentioned your name, that mistake was brought up. Imagine at your lowest point was always what tagged behind your name. Just imagine that for a second. No matter what you do, that fo- would follow you in, that, in this culture. It's a world behaving less and less like Christ, and it's not been, it's not been a, a, over the past decade. It's been for, uh, for centuries now. It's because it's so counter to Christ. And yes, that includes the church as well. We're happy sometimes to, 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 cancel, off, to cancel off those that cancel us. They try to cancel the church, so it's okay. We're going we're gonna to cancel you because you canceled us. And then it just becomes everybody canceling everything, then we're all sitting in silos, not paying attention to one another or recognizing that each other exists. We're, we're not immune to that just because, just because we believe in Christ. We're, we're, we live in a fallen world. Too many church members, too many Christians refuse to take part in society and, and in the world around them because of that. That, that doesn't mean placing yourself in, in questionable situations. If, you're, if your proclivity to sin is lust, that doesn't mean go preach at a strip club. If, you, if your proclivity to sin is gambling, that doesn't mean go preach at a casino. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be out in society, taking, be, taking an active part in society. Because just you being you and being the person that Christ has destined you to be is, is what he wants. And that's it, it, more people see and know you're a Christian by your actions and what you do and how you carry yourself than you ever speaking to them. People watch. You, you learn more from people by just seeing than you do by being preached at sometimes. 
So what is redemption culture? Well, throw throw this last, this is the last one we're going to mash up, throw up up here. Redemption culture is the complete opposite, the exact opposite of cancel culture, as we've talked about. It is a culture of saving or facilitating the salvation of or redemption of. That's what Christ calls us to do, because see, imagine this, we're going to go back to this hypothetical, if you... Actually, some of these, this stuff right here that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm talking about, it actually comes from our blog post, too. It's an amazing, amazing blog post. You should really read it out. It's really cool. Imagine, imagine still having the ability to lead a worthwhile life, an impactful life, despite your greatest mistakes you've ever made. See, cancel culture tells you your greatest mistake tags along. It tags along all the time. It's like, a, it's like that ball and chain you're dragging. You can never quite escape. Despite your greatest mistakes in redemption culture, this is exactly how God, but this is how exactly how God operates when it comes to using people for his glory. God's default settings are forgiveness and redemption, regardless of your past. There's not, there's not, a, there's not a caveat there. It's regardless of your past, God has redemption for you. He's freely granted it. The day his son died on the cross, he gave us the direct line of communication to the Father. This is demonstrated in literally every story, for the most part, contained within the Bible. The Bible itself is an example of redemption. And it contains examples of redemptions. From the stories of Moses to Saul, who later becomes Paul, to Samson, to Mary Magdalene, and on and on and on. Each of these stories is redemption. I can't think of a better example to look at, though, here today, than actually two different snapshots out of Jesus' life and one after he's, he's already ascended back to heaven. So what, what we're going to do is we're going to we're gonna go to the first point, and it's, uh, it's cancellation is powerless at the feet of the Redeemer. And for that, we're gonna, I, got a, I got a verse for that. It, it's in Luke 23, 39 through 43. If you're taking notes and you want to turn to it, I'll give you just a second to do that. But think about that. In a world that cancels you, we have something that, that doesn't cancel it. It overcomes it. You can't cancel it. It's impossible to cancel so I'm going to read this real quick, th- verse, starting on verse 39. And one of the criminals who, were, who was hanged re- railed against him, or railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? Verse 41. And we indeed, just, and, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into the kingdom. And, he, and Jesus said to the man, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus was in the, was in the middle of his, earth, of his earthly cancellation right there. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, the political leaders of the time were literally canceling him. They were removing his life out of his living body. That's what he was He was in the process of dying on the cross. And Jesus took time away from his own suffering, his own pain, and anything, any other emotion got through his head to save another man on the cross who called out for him. That's how much our God loves us. And so you might be wondering why I'm reading this to you. It's because this section of Scripture gives us a perfect model of how we should react when we face cancellation or face condemnation by the world around us. I mean, honestly, how, how many of us, if we were in this same exact scenario, 
would be willing to, to help somebody else out. When we're in this kind of pain, this kind of suffering, we'll be willing to reach out and help the guy next to us. Well, granted, we can't save somebody. We can only t- direct somebody to Christ, and Christ does the saving. There's nothing that we can do to, co- to, to save somebody's soul for eternal salvation. But while Jesus, like I said, is literally in the midst of his cancellation, he, he is taking the time to redeem the man next to him on the cross. Thankfully for us, in the United States, that is, I mean, there are a lot of countries in the world that if you're a Christian, you can be hung up on a cross. You, can be, you will be murdered. But thankfully for us here, we don't have to deal with a cancellation. It's typically life-altering in the removal of our life. It's life-altering in the fact that we can lose our jobs. Our income can be pulled from us. Our friends and family sometimes can choose to, to, choose to shun us, move away from us, Literally, it can follow us with the way, the way it is, especially if you have a, a, an elevated status, um, a career path nowadays, that it, it's really prominent in that. You make one mistake, your whole career is done for. But how many, how many of us are like, are like the first thief at points rather than, rather than the second? For, uh, far too often, like I, like I said, we've, we as Christians have relished in our, in our enemies. Uh, in our enemy's misfortune, we do. When when those that are attacking the church fall upon misfortune, a lot of Christians you see you'll see them on Facebook. Just follow someone on Facebook. They're excited about it. They they're happy to they're happy to see somebody else's misfortune. That's not the model we should we should follow. And it's really easy for us because that's the human side of us enjoying the person that that hates us. We're enjoying that that pain that they're facing, but in reality we should be we should be reaching a hand out. They don't have to take that hand. We should be reaching a hand out. But let's look at Jesus for the second thief real quick. The, se- the second thief who was absolutely deserving by the laws of that time to be crucified. He was, he was paying the price for his sins on earth and his, and his crimes. So it, he didn't ask for Jesus to remove him from the cross and remove him from that circumstance. He, had, he owned up to, to that, he had to, that he had to face his punishment. He had to face his crime. He just asked Christ to remember him. Remember me. And he didn't, like I said, he didn't plead with him. He just recognized that he was next to his redeemer. He was next to a man who was purely innocent in that time frame. And that Jesus, during his, like I said earlier, during his, he's in complete anguish. I mean, it's probably, it's the worst pain you can hear. He's literally dying. Took time out to speak to that one man. That is the ultimate, ultimate model of redemption that we that we can follow as as a christian this it shows this also shows to us that our redemption is uncancelable because during our redeemer's cancellation on earth he's still he's still redeeming he is making he's making a point to go you might be removing my life but these people are still my are still my children these people are still worthy of redeeming and i'm still going to do it i'm not giving up on them just because i'm dying physically and he did. And today he's evermore that. So we'll move to the, sec- to the second point real quick. Redemption is uncancelable. It is entirely uncancelable because it is not created by man. If it was created by man, it can be destroyed by man. But it was created by God, so it's undestroyable by man and untouchable by man. They tried, they failed. They utterly failed. 
They fail to recognize that you may kill the body, but the redemption is granted by God. And no man can take it away. The only person that can take away your redemption is you or me and myself. I can choose not to accept my redemption. Just like any one of us can choose not to, not to accept it. But the thing is, it's still there in front of us. All we have to do is reach out and grab it. God granted us our, our redemption through the Son who gives us direct contact to, to the Father. So we're going to read Revelation 1, 17 and 18. So we're going to tie this a little bit together. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid, at, but he laid his right hand on me saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys to death and of Hades. I think their cancellation failed miserably, very badly. I mean, he kind of he, re- he rose from the dead. They killed him. He rose from the dead, and still and still spent time redeeming us before he even ascend, ascended back to heaven. Jesus lived on earth and physically showed us the path to redemption. He died on the cross, still redeeming all the way down. Went, went and snatched the keys to death from hell itself and from Satan to only return to earth to redeem some more, to return to the Father's side and continue to redeem us and give us that direct line of communication, which is, which is like, it's just mind-blowing to think that we have a God that loves us that much, that, he, that he's willing to go to such great lengths to do that. Not even death could, could help hold back our redemption. Not even death can hold back what God has placed for each and every one of you. So no matter how canceled you feel, how put down that you feel, how anxious or how depressed or how low you are or how low you feel just remember God's own son was sacrificed to give you a direct line of communication with the father and redeem you so so his spirit could come and dwell within you no person is too far gone in fact we we should rely on we should rely on people to recognize this because we should allow God to use us Here's the trick. We should allow God to use us during our worst times. Not only our good times, but our worst times. Our worst times are really where people can see how, how much we really, we really are. In, we really face and trust Christ with, with our lives. Because when we're attacked and persecuted and we're written off, cast out, when we are at our lowest, it's so hard for us to display God's love for us. But we can because he's going to bring you through it. There are days where, there are days in the past where I, I might not have felt like getting up because it's been it's just been a horrible week. Bad things have happened. Uh, job was job was completely miserable at points. But you know what? Every time I continue to move forward and trust in God that something better is going to happen, something better has happened, and He's continuing to, to bless me and bless my family, and bless everything that that we do. But, we have to do that. but this brings me to my final point. These two points kind of mesh together in one. Redemption is for everyone, and cancellation is really for no one. People of all types, even Christians, like I've said before, are really fast to turn their backs on those they disagree with. Just look at Facebook. Look at the news. Look at any form of social media around us. Christians are just as bad about it. We're, we're yelling at people. We're yelling at politicians. We're yelling at people who are never going to look at our post. 
just making ourselves look, look angry and mean and hateful, making us look un, unaccepting. We, we should be the most accepting place on this earth. As Christians, we should be the most accepting people on this earth. As, but the problem is, is a lot of times in the world, we, con, we convolute acceptance with condonement. You can accept somebody and who they are and what, and what they are without condoning their sin. The church and Christians alike should, condone, should not condone the sin, but should accept the person in because God will change that heart. It's not us. We, we all probably have known people who have turned their backs on, on a, a child, a loved one who has, come out, who has come out as homosexual or has come out as a non-believer or has drug addictions, alcoholic addictions, any kind of addiction. We've probably all know somewhere, someone somewhere along the way that has turned their back on, cast them out of the house because of something like that. And it's such an affront to how God is modeling, modeling redemption to us. So we're going we're gonna to go real quick to, I, I bring that up because I want to go to Acts 22, 21. It's just one verse, and, and I'm going to read the verse, and we'll, I'll give you a little background with the, story, with the story. I'm sure you all are very well aware of the story. And he said to me, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. He's talking to Paul here. Paul was sent to preach to the Gentiles, proving that God's heart and intention is for all people to, to receive his redemption. If you're not, if you're not really aware, aware of who, who the Gentiles at this time, they were literally the canceled people group of the time. The Jews had wanted no part of the Gentiles. They would, they would take, take miles out of the way just to avoid a Gentile town. They would go in the complete opposite direction and loop around just to avoid it. They canceled. They wanted no part of them. They actively, they actively participated in the cancel culture of the time. But then God sent Paul. God sent Paul to reach out to the people that was written off. If God's willing to send one man, and by the way, this man is a redemption story in his own. His story, if you go read, read about Paul, and as Ryan preached about in an earlier message in this series, is a complete story of redemption. This man was killing, was killing Christians of the day thinking he, thinking he was following, following the law. So, I mean, and, he, and this is, utter, this is the, utterly the most, the craziest guy to send as a, as a show of redemption because he... He is a huge redemption case in that day. And if God is willing to send one man to, to reach a, a people group that is canceled and utterly detestable to the people at that time and detestable to the culture of Paul, that is his culture. He grew up in it. Those people are detestable to him by, by his every nature, and he's having to get over it. And, but the thing is, he takes the step and does it. And Ben, if you will. This, this is displayed so many times throughout the Bible from the tongues of fire in the upper room resting, resting on, the, on those gathered's head allowing them to speak the word of God in the languages of the merchants below where they could hear and understand in their home language that is a sign of love and a sign of redemption God wanted to get, reach everybody not just that one people group so we are called to love and display what God's redemption has done God's gift, God's free gift of redemption is there for us. All we have to do is reach out and snatch it. All we have to do is reach out and grab it. 
We can choose to ignore it. We can choose, we can choose to, to forget about it, but it's still there. He still, he still gave us redemption without us asking. He sacrificed his son for us. So in closing, I'd like to, I'd like to, to take a few moments to, to think about this for a second. God loved us so much that in these three little snapshots, he showed that cancellation, that cancellation doesn't, can't cancel redemption. He showed that our redemption is completely uncancelable. And then he showed that nobody is worth writing off. God loved us so much, so much, that he has went over and beyond what anybody else should do. And he, model, and he models it for us. He doesn't ask for us to, to die on the cross and, off, and, offer, and, offer his, uh, and offer our scriptures to the guy next to us. He's not asking us to go that far. He's just asking for us to love each other, accept the, accept the sinners. We say we, want, we say we want to see the sinners in the church. We say we want to see those, with, that those that don't know Christ in the church. That means people that, that don't look like you, talk like you, act like you, speak like you, smell like you, think like you, are going to sit on the pews next to you. And that means we're going to have to love them because it's not for us to, to change their hearts. It's not for us to change their mentality. It's not for us to change anything. It's for us to invite them in. Accept them, love them like Christ would love us, because Christ very much loved us here. And it's for us to, to get to know them. God will do the heart surgery. We're not heart surgeons. God will do the heart surgery. God will show himself to, us, to, to his people through his people. And that's how God really wants us, wants us to be. He wants us to be an example of, of his son. His son modeled it for us. He wants us to be an example of it, because we can offer the redemption that our society and our culture right now is so very much different from. So I'd like to, I'd like to invite you guys to pray. Um, I'd like to pray over a couple things. How can we better display God's redemption as the church? How can we better show, our, show redemption to others? Also, if you don't know Christ, if you don't know Christ, if you're in, in person or online, I'd like to invite. I'd like to invite you. Please accept the freeing, the free and freeing gift of redemption that God has placed out here for you. He's, he, He's given it to you with no, when you didn't even have to ask. All we have to do is choose to accept it. I can't. I can't save you. Ryan can't save you. Ben can't save you. Jesus Christ can. So I want to invite you to pray alongside alongside us and I'm going to ask Ryan if you don't mind stepping up stepping up and if somebody comes up pray with us guys we can be the shining light in this darkness we can be the cult we can change the culture from cancellation to redemption all we have to do is love like Christ we don't have to beat somebody over the head with the Bible we don't, have, we don't have to ridicule them. We don't have to write people off because they're writing us off. We're not fighting fire with fire. We're, fight, we're fighting fire with a, with a fire extinguisher here. It's not, even this, it's not even in the same category. It's going to be great. So I'm going to invite you to pray with us real quick. God, thank you so much. Thank you for what you do. 
Thank you for the people that you're, that you're speaking to right now. Whether they're, they're in this building, whether they're watching online, or whether they're watching six years from now. God, thank you for what you're doing in their heart. Thank you for what you're doing in our church's heart and for our community's heart, God. Because you're, you're an amazing, amazing father, God. In Jesus' name.